Today is the 125th birthday of the silent film actress Barbara Lamar. She had more life in her less than 30 years alive than most people do in 80. The world is a better place because she was in it and still feels the loss that she has left. Name, Barbara Lamar. Name at birth, Retha Dale Watson. Date of birth, July 28, 1896. Place of birth, Yakima, Washington, U.S. Date of death, January 30, 1926, age 29 Place of death, Altadena, California, U.S. Remains, Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Spouse, Lawrence Converse, M., 1914, died 1914 Spouse, Philip Ainsworth, M., 1916, Division 1918 Spouse, Van Dealey, M., 1918, Division 1923 Spouse, Jack Doherty, M., 1923. Best know for, Barbara Lamar was an American film actress and screenwriter who appeared in 27 films and was also noted by the media for her beauty, dubbed as the girl who is too beautiful. Barbara Lamar was born in 1896 as Retha Dale Watson to William and Rosanna Rose Watson in Yakima, Washington, Lamar later claimed she was born in Richmond, Virginia. Her father was an editor for a newspaper and her mother, a native of Corvallis, Oregon, already had one son, Henry, and a daughter, Violet, from a previous marriage. Lamar's parents had wed some time during 1884, and had a son, William Watson Jr., born in June 1886, ten years before she was born. In the 1920s, the elder Watson became a vaudeville comedian under the stage name of Billy DeVore. The Watsons lived in various locations in Washington and Oregon during Lamar's formative years. By 1900, she was living with her parents in Portland, Oregon, with her brother William, her half-sister Violet Ross, and Violet's husband Arville Ross. As a child, Lamar also performed as a dancer in vaudeville, and made her acting debut as Little Eva in a Tacoma stage production of Uncle Tom's Cabin in 1904. By 1910, Lamar was living in Fresno, California, with her parents. Sometime after 1911, the family moved to Los Angeles, and Lamar worked at a department store. Lamar also appeared in burlesque shows. In January 1913, her half-sister, now going by the name of Violet Ake, took her 16-year-old sister on a three-day automobile excursion with a man named C.C. Boxley. They drove up to Santa Barbara, but after a few days, Lamar felt that they were not going to let her return home. Aiken Boxley finally let Lamar return to Los Angeles after they realized that warrants were issued for their arrests, accusing them of kidnapping. This episode was published in several newspapers, and Lamar even testified against her sister, but the case eventually was dropped. Lamar's name appeared frequently in newspaper headlines during the next few years. In November 1914, she came back to California from Arizona and announced that she was the newly widowed wife of a rancher named Jack Littell and that they were supposedly married in Mexico. She also stated that she loathed the name Retha and preferred to be called by the childhood nickname Beth. After marrying and moving in with her third husband, vaudevillian Ben Dealey, Lamar, who at one time had aspirations of being a poet, found employment writing screenplays at Fox Film Corporation using the name Folly Lyle. She wrote numerous scenarios for studio shorts at Fox and United Artists, many of which she based on her life, earning over $10,000 during her tenure at the studios. She was credited as writer Barbara Lamar Dealey on the films The Mother of His Children, The Rose of Gnome, Flame of Youth, The Little Grey Mouse, and The Land of Jazz, all released in 1920. Lamar continued to write short screenplays for the studio and supported herself by dancing in various cities across the country, including New York City, Chicago, New Orleans, and at the 1915 World's Fair in San Francisco. Lamar's dance partners included Rudolph Valentino and Clifton Webb, 
and her dance routines attracted the attention of publisher William Randolph Hearst, who featured her and a dance partner in a series of articles published in the San Francisco Examiner around 1914. While working in the writer's building at United Artists, Lamar was approached by Mary Pickford, who reportedly embraced her and said, My dear, you are too beautiful to be behind a camera. Your vibrant magnetism should be shared by film audiences. Lamar's association with filmmakers led to her returning to Los Angeles and making her film debut in 1920 in Harriet and the Piper. Though a supporting part, the film garnered her attention from audiences. Lamar made the successful transition from writer to actress with her supporting role in The Nut, 1921, playing a femme fatale. Later the same year, she was hired by Douglas Fairbanks to play the substantial part of Milady de Winter in The Three Musketeers. Over the next several years, Lamar acted frequently in films, and became known to the public as the girl who is too beautiful, after Adela Rogers St. John's, a Hearst newspaper feature writer, saw a judge sending her home during a police beat in Los Angeles because she was too beautiful and young to be on her own in the big city. This publicity did much to promote her career. Among Lamar's films are The Prisoner of Zenda and Trifling Women, both 1922 releases directed by Rex Ingram. Although her film career flourished, she embraced the fast-paced Hollywood nightlife, remarking in an interview that she slept no more than two hours a night. In 1923, Lamar appeared in the comedy The Brass Bottle, portraying the role of the Queen, and Poor Men's Wives. She had a supporting part in the Fred Niblo-directed comedy Strangers of the Night, and was noted in a New York Times review for her capable performance. She starred in the lead role, with Burt Littell and Lionel Barrymore, in The Eternal City, 1923, which featured a cameo appearance by Italian dictator Benito Mussolini. In 1924, during the filming of Thy Name is Woman, production supervisor Irving Thalberg made regular visits to the set to ensure that Lombard's alcoholism was not interfering with the shoot. The same year, Lombard's first starring, above the title role came in the drama Sandra, from First National Pictures, which she filmed in New York City in August 1924. Lombard had served as a co-writer on the film, which focused on a woman suffering from a split personality disorder. Upon release, the film received dismally negative reviews. Lamar's final screenplay, titled My Husband's Wives, was produced by Fox in 1924, arriving in theaters shortly after the release of Sandra, and before the production of what proved to be her final three films, The Heart of a Siren, A Mixed Reception, The White Monkey, A Critical Failure, and The Girl from Montmartre, a critical success, albeit posthumously released. While shooting The Girl from Montmartre in early October 1925, Lamar collapsed on set and went into a coma as the studio wrapped production without her with use of a double in long shots. Although the tally is usually given as five, Lamar officially was married only four times. No documentation exists to prove the existence of her alleged first husband, Jack Littell, whom she claimed to have met while visiting friends in Yuma, Arizona in 1914. According to Lamar, Littell became enamored with her as he saw her one day riding in an automobile while he was on horseback. The couple allegedly married the day after they met, but Littell, it was claimed, died of pneumonia only three weeks into the marriage, leaving only a surname for Mrs. Littell to inherit. Lamar's first official documented marriage on June 2, 1914, was to a Max Lawrence, who later turned out to be a former soldier of fortune named Lawrence Converse. He already was married with children when he married Lamar under a false name, and was arrested for bigamy the following day. Converse died of a blood clot in his brain three days later on June 5. On October 13, 1916, Lamar married Philip Ainsworth, a noted dancer. Although the son of well-off parents, Ainsworth eventually was incarcerated at San Quentin State Prison for passing bad checks, and the couple divorced in 1917. 
she married for a fourth time to Ben Dealey, also a dancer, in 1918. Dealey, who was over twice her age, was an alcoholic and a gambling addict, which led to the couple's separation in April 1921. Before the divorce from Dealey was finalized, Longmar married actor Jack Doherty in May 1923. Despite separating a year later, they remained legally married until her death. Some years after Lamar's death, she was revealed to have given birth to a son, Marvin Carva Lamar, on July 29, 1922. The name of the boy's father has never been released. During her final illness, Lamar entrusted the care of her son to her close friend, actress Sasu Pitts, and Pitts' husband, film executive Tom Gallery. After Lamar's death, the child was legally adopted by Pitts and Gallery, and was renamed Don Gallery. Don Gallery died in 2014. Longmar partied long hours and got very little sleep during the latter part of her career, often pairing this behavior with drinking during especially low points. She once told an interviewer, I cheat nature. I never sleep more than two hours a day. I have better things to do. In addition to her drinking and lack of sleep, during the last two years of her life Longmar went on several extreme crash diets to lose weight. Longmar was rumored to have at one time ingested a tapeworm head and a pill to help her lose weight. By late 1925, Lamar's health had deteriorated significantly due to pulmonary tuberculosis. While filming her final feature, The Girl from Montmartre, Lamar collapsed on the set and lapsed into a coma. In mid-December, she was diagnosed with nephritis, an inflammation of the kidneys, as a complication of her already tubercular state. Lamar was bedridden through Christmas, and by late December, she reportedly weighed less than 80 pounds. Some historians and writers have claimed that Lamar was addicted to morphine and heroin, which she had been prescribed after injuring her ankle and which may have contributed to her health problems. In Sherry Snyder's 2017 biography of Lamar, the writer states that these claims were untrue and erroneously reported. A frequently recirculated rumor was that Lamar was arrested for morphine possession in Los Angeles. However, Snyder states that this claim was mistakenly attributed to Lamar, when it had in fact been actress Alma Rubens who had been arrested in January 1931, five years after Lamar's death. Ben Finney a close friend of Lamar, contested the claims of drug use, stating, it is inconceivable that during our close friendship I would not have known if she were a junkie, adding, she did well enough with booze. On January 30, 1926, Lamar died of complications associated with tuberculosis and nephritis at her parents' home in Altadena, California, at the age of 29. Her friend, film director Paul Byrne, was with her when she died. Lamar's son later speculated that Byrne may have been his biological father, Though this eventually was disproved, Byrne died in a mysterious shooting six years later. Lamar's funeral at the Walter C. Blue Undertaking Chapel in Los Angeles attracted over 3,000 fans, and five women reportedly fainted in the crowd and had to be removed by police to safety. After her removal from the church during the funeral procession, hundreds of fans flooded the chapel hoping to obtain flowers from the decorative arrangements. She was interred in a crypt at Hollywood Cathedral Mausoleum, in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. For her contribution to the motion picture industry, Lamar has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 1621 Vine Street. Producer Louis B. Meyer, a longtime admirer of Lamar, named actress Hetty Lamar after her. She is also referred to in the popular 1932 Flanagan and Allen song Underneath the Arches during a break in which Chess Allen reads the headlines from a 1926 newspaper. Children's author Edward Eager set an episode of his 1954 book Half Magic at a showing of Lamar's Sandra and includes ironic descriptions of the movie.